And we're back again with our encounter with God. Monica, what's our latest clue for the quiz? Yes. You said okay. they were going to get easier. The they first are. one, the first one, yeah, I had the first one easy. The second one, I was like, I got heard, harder. I'm like, what? On mm-hmm. earth? Okay, so this is a Who Am I quiz. The first clue was I was told not to let Joab's grey head go down to the ground in peace. Second clue was I am also known as Jedediah. And the third clue is I married Pharaoh's daughter. And a lot of other women. And a lot of other women. But we're going to cover that in the next <laughs> Don't give it too much. If you think you know the answer, we will send you a copy of Melissa Otto, Blue Sky, if you get it right, of course. Uh, the Blue Sky album is a wonderful album. Uh, we've been playing some of those songs on our show, Melissa Otto. Just give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text us on 0491-064-669. Even jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and we will send you that prize if you get it right. It's actually a pretty easy one. Mm, there you go. Do you know who it is very likely and possible that um, his wife's sister was? So Farah's daughter was his wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, be, this would be giving another clue away. Now nah, do it, do it. Okay. Okay, it's very possible... Mm-hmm. That his sister-in-law... That his sister-in-law mm-hmm. was a queen, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the Queen of Sheba. Really? Yes. That doesn't give it away at all. Because, because she's called the Queen of the South, and of course Egypt was always called the Land of the South. Ah. Yeah. How about that? So that's Queen interesting, isn't it? That gives you an understanding of why the Queen of Sheba uh, possibly came to visit Solomon. She was possibly not just coming there to visit Solomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was possibly coming there to visit her sister. Yeah, very interesting. We've got a royal visit happening in Australia right now, of course, with uh, Prince Charles and Camilla here opening the uh, Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games all happening. So Are you going to be watching? Of, lots of royalty at the moment. You know what? If they had motorsports, maybe. <laughs> He's just such a petrol head. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Let's dive into our study. Now, we are in Galatians. I'm not so much into baton twirling. I'm sorry. Come on now. Ribbon twirling is so pretty. Ribbon twirling compared to V8s. Seriously? There's no competition. Serious ice skating, like figure skating. Not ice skating per se, but the figure skating and stuff. I will admit that um, figure skating, Mm -hmm. as in like dancing on ice kind of figure Mm -hmm. skating, is spectacular skills that I'm absolutely in awe of the mm-hmm. level of skill because mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of ice skating. You have? Yeah. I can never imagine you on an ice rink. No, 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 an ice rink. Who wants to skate on an ice rink? My wife comes from Wisconsin. Oh. You get like eight feet of ice on the lake, so, you know, you're not going to fall through that. You've done ice skating on a lake? Lake skating. Lake skating is tough because the surface is so rough. Oh, really? But I want you to picture this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my in-laws have about 40 acres, Northwoods, Wisconsin, out the back, there is a um, there's a small dam mm-hmm. that's surrounded by trees, and of course, in the middle of winter, all of those trees they have no leaves on them. Mm-hmm. There is you know a blanket of snow, maybe a foot or two deep on the ground everywhere. There is just you know a little bit of winter wildlife. You know, some of the winter birds and whatnot just sort of flitting around mm-hmm. the trees. There's no loud music. There's no millions of people. There's no nothing. It's just you and the ice and you skate. Just that sounds Oh, lovely. it's just amazing. <laughs> that it's, sounds really nice. It is. You sold me that. Yeah. It is. It is a very different form of ice skating. I've ice skated on ice rink. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's you the know. only ice skating I've ever done. Someone shut the, shut the music off. Get rid of the millions of people. And uh, take me outside, and it's a different experience altogether. Do you know, I have some nasty scars from my first ice skating rink. 
Oh, you do too. Across my knuckles. Yeah. yeah, someone fell over behind me and they pulled me down with them. They grabbed hold of me and a speed skater went straight over my knuckles. Oh, yeah, and it's a wonder you didn't cut your fingers all the way off. Yeah, and the thing was, because I, I didn't feel it because I was so cold, they were numb. But I just remember looking around me and there was blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, I wonder whose blood that is. <laughs> it was mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's no good. Well, yeah, if maybe, I don't you know. You know what my favourite ty- kind of ice skating is? What's that? On the back of a snowmobile. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to petrol. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Just, <laughs> we need to get to our Bible study. Yes, we do. Okay, so what are we studying today? We are studying the book of Galatians mm-hmm. and uh, we are I think we might have finished off chapter 3 okay so let's let's read a couple of um, verses from Romans again which of course is the expanded version of Galatians and I'm wondering whether you can read for me some verses from Romans chapter 7 mm-hmm. Romans chapter 7 that was something that I learnt new that Romans is an expanded version of Galatians that was new information for me Romans chapter 7, because some people think, oh, yeah, Paul's so negative about the law. Well, was he really negative about the law? Um, often it is, uh, it, it comes down to translational um, errors. You know, they often translate Galatians as being negative to the law, but, you know, the law is described in the book of Galatians as a guard. Mm. It guards us. And a guard can be either negative, you are being guarded in prison, or it can be a positive, you have a personal bodyguard. Mm. And the context that you find in the book of Galatians, of course, is that you have a personal bodyguard. So Romans chapter 7 and verse... Why don't you start for us in verse 12, and, and I want you to tell me whether Paul is being positive or negative in relationship to the law. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. Okay, is that negative or positive? That sounds all very, very positive to it's me. Like positively y- different y- Bible. <laughs> That's right. Positively different Bible study here on a positively different station. Okay, go down to verse fourteen and tell me where is the negative and where is the positive. Verse 14 says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Okay, so where is the positive in this one? The positive is with the law. And where is the negative? The negative is with ourselves. That's right. And whenever it's it comes down to... the story of humanity. It is right there. Whenever you come down to, oh, people have a problem with the law of God, this is what it comes back to. The problem is with us. It's not with God's law. Mm. So God's law is a good thing. And here the Bible says that God's law is spiritual. Mm -hmm. So something that is spiritual and that the Bible says is holy, just, and good is something that comes from God, is something that we would expect that Satan would fight against. Mm-hmm. He hates anything that is holy. He hates anything that is just. He hates anything that is good. And above all, he hates anything that is spiritual. Of God. Of God. Mm. Spiritually of God. Yeah, you know, spiritually of himself. Not so. Mm. He, he likes that. But. It makes sense that he would absolutely go to war against this. Yeah. And of course, in the process, he has recruited Christians as his greatest allies, unfortunately. So when it says, um, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin, is this absolutely everyone or is this only a few of us? That's absolutely everybody. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and our human nature is what leads us to sin. Mm. We have that natural bent, that natural 
tendency that directs us in the way of doing wrong, that directs us in the way of doing sin, and we need the grace of God to break free from it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So, Mon, let's go a little bit further on here. Let's go to chapter 8 and verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 8 verses 3 and 4 say, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the Lord would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Thank you. So the Bible says here the law is weak. Very weak. In the other verse, it says it was wholly just and good, and here it says it's weak. Yeah. But once again, where is the positive? Where is the negative? Is the positive? Is the? Will you tell me where is the? Okay, let's start with the negative. Where is the negative in this verse? Uh, our sinful nature. Our sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And so the law is weak because of our sinful nature. How is the law weak because of our sinful nature? We keep breaking it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The sinful nature means we keep breaking it, which means we keep coming under condemnation of death. Mm. And the law can't change our nature, can it? No. So when we go to verse 4, or even the last, end of verse uh, three, well, verse 3 and 4 together, yeah, putting those two verses together, where do we then find strength? In... He, in God's sacrifice, um, his son, because he sent his son yeah, as a son. sacrifice. Absolutely. And that's where we no longer follow our sinful nature, but we follow instead the spirit. Exactly. So it's the Holy Spirit that is the solution to the problem here, isn't it? Mm. So then the law becomes a good thing. It doesn't become weak anymore because the power of the Holy Spirit makes it a powerful guard for us. So we can think of the law of God as being like a a protective fence, a city wall to keep out evil and to keep in righteousness. That's got to be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's think about this then. Or actually, one more verse before we come to this next thought. Let's go to chapter 13, and if you could read for us verse 8. Romans 13, chapter verse 13 eight. and verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. And why don't you read for us verse 10. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Okay, so how does love fulfill the requirements of God's law, Mon? It does no wrong to others. Okay. So therefore it doesn't sin, it doesn't break the law. And this is where I come back to my argument that I made that secular morality, which is do no wrong, do no harm, mm-hmm. is the same as biblical morality. Mm-hmm. The difference is that God actually knows what causes harm and we don't. That's true. We like to think that we do and we will justify anything that we want to do like, yeah, it's not hurting anybody. Whereas in actual fact, God knows whether it's going to hurt somebody or not. Especially if it's going to hurt you. 
Oh, absolutely. Mm. And, and this is where we come back to the law of God as being like a city wall of defense, mm-hmm. a defense against all that is evil and a wall of protection. And, of course, Satan tries to chip away at that wall and to break it down because he doesn't like us to have a defense. He doesn't like us to be protected. He likes us to be vulnerable and weak. And so you're like, yeah, 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 no, 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 you know, just, just, just do no harm. But, um, you know, I know you humans don't know what harm, what, what will cause harm and what won't cause harm, but um, don't worry about it. Just, uh, you know, do whatever feels good. If it feels good, it must be right. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, and, and, and that's how <laughs> Satan destroys people. He mm-hmm. leads them down a path of destruction. I like to think of it, you know, as like a little kid who just, you know, he loves ice cream. And so he's thinking, do you know what? Ice cream feels good. It tastes good. Let me just eat it all day long, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he doesn't know that the thing that feels good is so bad for him. This He'll is a end really up with good disease example. and sickness and die young. And But his parents know that, sure, Brussels sprouts might not taste delicious, but they are so much better and healthier for him than ice cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and, and this is God, how God relates to us. This is why we are called God's children. Mm. And the Bible says that foolishness lives in the heart of a child, and that's the way it is supposed to be. Children mm. are not supposed to know everything. And as human beings, because we are God's children, we are not supposed to know everything. And so as a child, you need to trust your parents. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you have good parents who don't feed you ice cream all the time. Mm. And as a child of God, you need to trust God all the time. Absolutely. And of course, if you trust God and you put it to the test, you're going to find out that it works. The same as if you have good parents who say, I'm not going to give you ice cream all the time. This is going to be a special treat, maybe once a week, once once a month or whatever. Um, and, and if you have good parents, over time you will learn, wow, that was great parenting. I am so thankful for what my parents did for me in, in being good parents. And you have the same experience with God. All right, so think of something that, uh, well, actually, we just talked about uh, ice cream here, but the, the, the example here brought up in the Bible study is the example of a drug mm. created to treat a disease can also be used by somebody to get high. Yep. All right, so you can take morphine and praise God for morphine because of the way it takes away pain, mm-hmm. but people can actually use it to get high and become addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what examples have you seen in your own life of this principle? How does our knowledge of how something good can be misused help us to understand what Paul is really dealing with here? You asking me to share something personal? <laughs> yeah, why not? You got anything? Uh, the first thing that popped to my mind was my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that relationship, you know, it, sure, it, it felt good and it felt lovely in the start, but it was very much a detrimental relationship. And if I'd listened to God, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. See, God knows best, definitely always when it comes does. to relationships. He always does. We're going to have a quick song break. This is Anna Laura, If You Ever Fall. And if you do ever fall, just trust that God will pick you back up again.
That sounds better. We are live back on the show. Yay! <laughs> Welcome back. We are knee deep in our study of ro- ro- almost Romans, but we've been dabbling a bit in Romans, but we are actually in Galatians. Instead of going to Galatians, we're going to go to Thessalonians this time. Oh, just now to, we're going just to Thessalonians. To, yeah, just throw our curveball. Just journeying around the New Testament. Yeah, that's good. right. Absolutely. So what's happening in Thessalonians? All kinds of good things are happening in Thessalonians. Monica, can you read for us 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1? I can read that for you as soon as I find it. That's in the New Testament. 
really loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should do another. Should we do another quiz clue? Oh yeah, let's do a quiz clue. Okay, so who am I? Is our quiz today? The first clue was I was told not to let Joab's grey head go down to the ground in peace. The second clue was I am also known as Jedediah. Did not remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've read it somewhere. The third clue was I married Pharaoh's daughter. And the fourth clue I'm going to give you is I had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. Okay, so that's a thousand women to... That's a thousand women. That's a lot of chicks. That's a lot of headaches. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine all the jealousy and strife there must have been going on? Oh, imagine oh, living in that nightmare. harem with all... Yes. I wonder if they all had like their own rooms or if they had like, you know, had to bunk in. <laughs> I wonder whether they call a harem a harem because it's where... Women tear their hair out, or oh men goodness. tear their hair out. Because That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think if I had a thousand wives in a harem, it would make me tear my hair out. I wonder whether or not this person could even remember all their names. A thousand, yeah. a thousand people you have to remember all their names. That's so they started off with Pharaoh's daughter, and it kind of went downhill from there. It's steeply downhill from there. If you think you know who this person is, they had a thousand wives. Well, 600. This is incredible as well. They had 600 wives of royal birth. That means out there, there was like 700 royal daughters. That's right. So he's married. And this is, this is what it was done back in the day. They would make uh, religious, I mean, sorry, political alliances through marriage. But that's a lot of political parties out there that had ro- like, I don't think Yeah, I'm so right. that's just pretty much every neighboring country and every neighboring chieftain. That's, but that's still that's 700. That's a lot of neighboring anythings. If you think now we only have like 200 and something countries and there's only a few of them which have, you know, still the royal situation going on. Okay, so you had smaller countries in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if you look at how many countries just made up, say, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, um, Egypt, there was a lot of countries in there. Mm-hmm. So you had smaller countries. Yeah, Philistines and you had you oh, know, Malachites okay. and you had... Mm-hmm. Um, like even like little tribes and stuff that had like a royal and thing. Ammonites uh. and Ammonites. The, the, and, 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 and these were all countries. Okay. But then you also had your tribal chieftains. Okay. And so somebody like, for instance, Abraham was a tribal chieftain mm-hmm. or would have been seen as such. So he has a family um, of, you know, maybe a couple of thousand people who are a part of his his family. He's a nomad. And so there would have been a lot of people within that category as well who would have been very, very useful to have a political alliance with. Okay, so that explains why you can have 700 royal and families. And of course, when you think about this particular individual, he was in his day one of the most famous individuals in the world. Mm. And so you've got people traveling very, very long distances to meet him, to see him. And it's, there's very likely that... Um, you know, there was a certain amount of status from countries from far-fung places. You know, they've got lots of daughters like us. Well, we're going to send one over there and, and make a political alliance. Like, yeah, we're aligned with, you know, so-and-so. It becomes an opportunity to name drop, basically, because of the wealth and power of this particular individual. Well, if you think you know who this particular individual is, give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM and we'll send you a copy of Melissa Otto's Blue Sky CD. Now, we are going to have to wrap up this Bible study. So, First Thessalonians, mm-hmm. and what verse and book am I looking at? Chapter 4 and verse 1. I like this verse. Fin- give us verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2? One and two? Yeah. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already 
and we encourage you to do even more so. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Don't you like that verse? It's beautiful. Yeah. Very encouraging. I like how he says, okay, we want you to live like Jesus. Mm. I know you already live like Jesus, but I want you to live like Jesus even more than you already live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And really this is, you know, when we're studying the subject of the law of God from Galatians, this is what it's all about. It's all about living like Jesus. Why do you live your life the way you live your life? Do you live your life the way you live your life so that you can get to heaven? Or do you live your life the way you live your life to bring glory and honor to God? Mm. If you are doing it to get to heaven, you're not going to get to heaven. It's true. It's the wrong motive. I mean, right? it's not my my decision. I shouldn't say that. That's kind of a, a a blunt thing to say. But I will say it is the wrong reason you are doing Christianity wrong if you are being a Christian to get to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches, not what Christianity is about. It's not a brownie point system. No, it's not about the rewards at the end. It's about giving glory and honor to God and mm. being thankful for, number one, that he created you, and number two, that he died for you. And that should be enough to live a Christian life regardless of whether heaven existed or not. Mm. Amen. And of course, you know, living that Christian life comes with so much blessings. You know, I, I would choose to live my lifestyle regardless of whether I was a Christian or not because it's a good lifestyle. It is. It's one of the best. Science, science is continuously proving it, yeah. even if it's just in terms of health. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 8. And, oh, we're running out of time. What happened to our time? We spent too much time talking about the history. Quiz, oh, yes. but the quiz, we had so much good Bible <laughs> history in it. Yeah, it was an interesting quiz. If you think you know the answer to that quiz, you can still call us up, 100 Faith FM. And we will continue our Bible study tomorrow. And we'll head over to Hebrews and see what the Hebrews are doing. But we're now going to have a song break. This is Chris Rice, The Old Rugged Cross. Oh, that's an old favorite right there. Mm, the Old Rugged Cross is definitely the real motive to wanting to live a life like Christ. Just looking at that cross, looking what Jesus did for us on that cross and letting that inspire our hearts, not just to get to heaven, but to glorify God.
To the old rugged cross I will ever be true Its shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday To my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down Let's go. 
Jaden Levick, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. What a great song to be sharing today. Mm. Have we finished the clue? We've got one more clue for the quiz. Did, did so who did am I? Give it away already. Don't, shh, don't say anything. Okay. Who am I? The first clue was, I was told not to let Job's grey head go down to the ground in peace. Second clue was, I am also known as Jedediah. Third clue, I married Pharaoh's daughter. Fourth clue, I had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And the last clue I'm going to give you is, I was greater in riches and wisdom than all other kings of the earth. There you go. If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669, or shoot us a message on Facebook, and there is a Melissa Otto CD coming your way. Our question of the day, Mon, is Mm -hmm. explain the term last days. Ooh. Yeah. Let me say, let me me put it this way. Mm -hmm. The term last days is not the end of time. It's not? No. Why not? No, it's not the end of time. They sound very similar to me. Mm Mm-mm. Not the end of time. Last days did not refer to the end of time. Is it the time right before the end of time? <laughs> okay. Let me read it to you from Daniel chapter 8, where okay. Daniel is having a vision. And you'll find this in verse 17. The Bible says, So he, that's the angel, came near where I was standing. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. And he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Okay, so if you consider this vision that Daniel has just had, if it takes place at the end of time, when time has ended and Jesus has returned, it's all come to an end, the vision has no rele- no relevance whatsoever at all. And of course, there were people in the in, in the past who's read the vision of Daniel chapter eight, you know, two thousand three hundred days, and said, "Yes, this is the end of time." Mm-hmm. Rather than reading what the Bible actually said, where the Bible says, "No, this is the time of the end." There is a difference between the end of time and the time of the end. Do you know what a? Do you know what the difference between those two is? No. Okay, let me explain it to you in simple language. Mm-hmm. When you get a turkey. Yeah. And you put him in your backyard. Okay. And you start to fatten him mm-hmm. for Christmas. Okay. That's the time of the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a day or two before Christmas, mm-hmm. when you take your turkey and cut his head off and put him in the oven, mm-hmm. that is the end of time. Gotcha. You got it? Yeah, the vegetarian turkey that I would eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you the when you grow your turkey. soya bean out there in the in the in the back paddock, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's the time of the end for the soya bean. Mm-hmm. And when you pull it off the plant and throw it in the pot, that is the, the end, end of time. time. It is cooked and done. Gotcha. That to be served as tofu turkey. Yeah, what a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there is a difference between the two, and the last days, the term last days, refers to that period that is called the time of the end. Now, the Bible speaks about a lot of events that will take place in the time of the end leading up to the return of Christ and likens it to birth pains or labor pains, like when a woman goes into labor. And so, you know, many of the same things that have continued on and are the same in a woman's life up until that particular point, they continue to be the same, but there is added pain and there is added stress in the lead up to that very blessed event when a new child comes into the world. And there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of stress in the lead up to that very blessed event when the end of time actually comes. 
If you have a question of the day, give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM and Lyle can answer that for you live on the show. Any time of day you can give us a call. Is it- Faith FM Australia, you're listening to Lyle and Mon on The Breakfast Show. Lyle, this is one of my favourite times, as you well know. Because the Bible says it is more blessed to give than receive, and we are going to give, so we are going to get a bigger blessing than you're going to get, but you're going to get a big one. I am. I'm going to give some stuff away for free. Lyle, help me choose. I'm talking about the listener. Well, yeah, well, you know. You, the listener, are going to get... Uh, <laughs> yeah, see? We're all going to get blessed today, Absolutely. okay? Everyone's going to get a blessing. You're going to get a blessing and you're going to get a blessing. No, anyway. Um, which one should I give away, Lyle? Um, left hand uh, or right hand? Left hand. I like the picture. Left hand. It is a good picture. We are giving away a book I always judge a book by its cover. You're supposed to. That's what they're designed to do. There you go. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. 
This is a book called The Invitation. It's by Alejandro Bullion. True stories that will change your life. Apparently, I hold in my hands a very powerful book. It contains the stories of people destroyed by life circumstances, but rebuilt by the love of God. You may see yourself in this book, apparently, and it'll give you hope for a power above your own self. This is a beautiful little book, and it is all yours for free. All you have to do is be the first person to call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or text us on 491 And you can get this sent to you free of charge. Just be the first person through. It's pretty easy, isn't it? Absolutely. A book full of testimonies. The Bible says they overcame him by the word of their testimony. It is a powerful thing to share your testimony. It is a powerful thing to read somebody else's testimony. Of course, Mm. if you want to know more about the Bible, then give us a call because we would love to set you up with a Bible study somewhere where you can learn more about what the Bible has to say. If you've got questions, send them in for question of the day. We'd love to hear your questions or give us a call uh, tomorrow in the breakfast show. Don't forget that you can listen to us on TuneIn Tune in app as well. Have a blessed day.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Open my lips, I will sing your praise Faith FM, positively different radio. 